Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official health care partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Your parents' decision to leave the country they were in for a better future for you was an entrepreneurial decision. So you got to understand, like, that's essentially that's how you came into the world. Like, here's the decision. Now we're going to make it work. We're all going to do it together. So, yes, and I I think um, certainly there's got to be a lot of... um, a lot of head noise about not having to go back and not failing and not, you know, but again, I think there's, there's probably some other things I haven't dealt with in life that would, would maybe make you think similarly, but I think, you know, it's a pretty big deal um, to leave a culture, right. And to leave family and everything, your whole family has known your whole life. So the big questions are these, how can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth. In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung, and it is my honor and my pleasure to welcome Nick Nanton to this episode. I'm so excited to have him here. I actually have been interviewed by Nick a couple of times on his show, but I've never had him on mine. And oh my goodness, in reading his bio and getting to know him better and and really digging in. And I am so impressed, so impressed by him. And we, we actually have a number of friends in common and I've, I've, talked to him a number of times, but I really didn't know the breadth of his resume until I really started digging in. He has been nominated for, I don't even know, 40-something Emmys. He's won like 22, I think, and counting. Uh, He is an attorney by trade, but he's really a documentary filmmaker. He also owns a celebrity branding agency. He's interviewed many of the most powerful and influential people in the world and shared the stage and co-authored books and made film films featuring some of the most powerful and influential people in the world, including Oh, names like Tony Robbins, Steve Forbes, Richard Branson, and on and on and on. Larry King, Kenny Chesney, including Chris Voss, by the way, who we actually just talked about recently. He wrote the foreword for my book. He just released a documentary on, which you all need to go check out for sure. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because he really knows how to get anyone to do anything, even when it's difficult, even when the conversations are 
really, really sticky, really, really hairy, and you probably don't want to have them. So that's what the the topic of today's conversation is. And that's why I wanted to talk to him. Thank you, Nick, for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'll, uh, I'll try to live up to that intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, tell us, actually, let's go back to your humble beginnings. You were born in Barbados, which is really fascinating. Talk about that. Yeah, so my, my mom's side of the family has been there for about 300 years. Uh, my dad is from another island called St. Vincent, and his family's been there forever, too. So we are, we're island people for a long, long time. Um, my parents, uh, my whole family uh, did pretty well there. But when I was 10 months old, my brother was almost three. My entire family, um, a bunch of family, my both sets of grandparents, uh, within a year or two of each other, both sets of grandparents, my mom's, two of my mom's brothers, um, my family, my cousins all moved to central Florida because our, I don't know exactly from the point of view of everyone else, but from talking to my parents about it quite a bit now, and, and even just over the weekend recently, you know, they, they just didn't, they thought that there would be a much broader, better life for me and my brother. And I think the whole family, I think they all had the same sentiment for their kids and for themselves. Um, even though it would be hard at first, but they were getting, you know, frustrated with some of the limitations down in the islands. Um, so they moved here when we were young and, you know, we, I always say we had more love than we could spend, but as most immigrants coming to a new country, like there are some tough times. I mean, you know, I don't, we never were homeless or anything like that, but like, you know, we, we always had a, you know, a, a nice middle-class home over our head, but there were some times when, you know, financially, I just remember seeing the pressures get to my parents and certain businesses didn't work out or different jobs or whatever. And so, you know, I think um, that stuff shaped me and it's really interesting as you, uh, you know, you sort of picked up on something. I don't think I've talked to anyone else about before of getting people to do what, you know, what you need them to do. And, and hopefully it's what we all need them to do when in the, when times get tough. And I, I could only credit my parents by helping me see that. Like when, when I was young, I saw them have to make hard decisions, but they always did it with integrity, you know, from going, like my parents owned a car dealership with a couple of my uncles. Um, it was Suzuki Jeeps. If you remember those, they did, they were wildly successful for a brief period of time until a really bad consumer reports, you know, article came out and, um, you know, debate all within the family, whether those were accurate or not, but we don't have to talk about that. Like it did what it did to the business. And, you know, we went from doing pretty well, my parents building, um, when I was like seven or eight, my parents built their dream home, 2,400 square feet, you know, uh, four bedroom, uh, two, two bath. And that was a dream home. And my dad built a tennis court on the side of it. You know, so it was not like, you know, and then they were doing very well, could have built much more, but that, that was the dream. And so, you know, we, I remember most of my life, I remember my parents sort of fighting to hang on to that. And so what I think I really learned the most about that time, because, you know, those are the times in your life when a teacher could say something to you that I guarantee you they won't remember today, but it could really affect the way you perceive yourself, right? So these are very formative years. So I just remember things being tough, but them always being, you know, upbeat and always encouraging me and essentially saying, you can do whatever you want in life, Nick. We we just can't do it for you, but we're here to support you. And so I think seeing them make decisions when things got tough um, probably really influenced me. And then the other side of that, which we could dig into also it, through stories or whatever, is like, you know, if I wanted something to happen, I 
I had to make it happen. So there wasn't a whole lot of like, I'm going to wait here. Like I've been a musician and songwriter. I started playing guitar at six. I now have songs, you know, recorded by Lee Bryce and Darius Rucker and almost have 3 million plays on Spotify and a few of my songs and whatever. But like I was a kid in Orlando, Florida, trying to, trying to become a songwriter or singer songwriter. Like there was no one, we had no friends in the business, you know, like I had to go figure out like, what does that even look like to make, my way into that business. And then also uh, the last thing I'll say, and I'll shut up, you know, the gift of all that is when you are, when you are healthily, when, when adversity is delivered to you in life and you have a healthy guide or guides guiding you through it, but there's no other options. Like you learn so much. Like I learned really quickly at a young age that making money was really easy to do if you just solve someone's problem that they didn't want to deal with and they were willing, the amount you're asking for was reasonable to them. So like it opened my door from the time I was 12 or 13 years old to like realizing that this, that something that a lot of people struggle with their entire life, they don't understand how someone makes money. Like that was just out of the bag, like at 12 or 13. So, you know, I, I started making quite a bit of money at 12 or 13. I think I, I started a t-shirt printing company at 16 and embroidery company. And I made, I think 60, $70,000 my freshman year of college printing t-shirts for fraternities and sororities and doing golf shirts for car dealerships because they had so much turnover. Like I just learned a ton. I could never, like when I got into business really for myself after college, you know, during college and during law school, but I was 10 years ahead of everybody because I just been already been doing it. So through adversity, lots of gifts. Yeah. Well, you were already an entrepreneur at that point, right? I think it makes such a difference when you are um, the child of of, of, of immigrants. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, my dad was from China and he came here at 15 and, you know, I, I, I just, well, we met through Susan Sly and both of us are half Chinese and, and, you know, I just, I just think it makes such a difference when you're, when your parents are immigrants and that you come, they come over here with basically nothing and you have to work for it. And they just instill in you such a different type of, of, um, work ethic, I think, you know, it's just, well, I think when you do that, you essentially cut the cord. Right. And so it's in, you know, it might, it might be the same thing. I don't know if I were to move from, I still live in central Florida cause I love Florida. I love, I'm in the Orlando area. I got Lake, I got beach. I got, I, I everyone thinks I live in LA or Nashville, but I love it here. Um, and I'll fight with anybody who doesn't, but anyway, the, um, you know, I, it might be the same thing if I decided to move to California, it's so far away. Like, I think it's just, it's a mindset and it's funny. Um, Dan Sullivan, uh, who I coach with a lot, those of you who don't know, he's the founder of Strategic Coach. You know, he, he said to me one time, he's like, well, Nick, whether you've thought about it this way or not, your parents' decision to leave the country they were in for a better future for you was an entrepreneurial decision. Yes. So you got to understand like that's <clears throat> essentially that's how you came into the world. Like, here's the decision. Now we're going to make it work. We're all going to do it together. So, yes. And I, I think um, certainly there's got to be a lot of um, – a lot of head noise about not having to go back and not failing and not, you know, but again, I think there's, there's probably some other things I haven't dealt with in life that would, would maybe make you think similarly, but I think, you know, it's a pretty big deal um, to leave a culture, right. And to leave family and everything, your whole family has known your whole life. I I have never done that. So I couldn't speak to it, but it, I, I get it. I know. Well, I know my my grandfather did when he left China and he, they didn't even speak the language. They came over here and, you know, I think it was really, really hard for them. I mean, and you have a life rule, the the rule of thirds. 
You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I learned that from my friend, uh, Dr. Nito Cobain. If you don't know who he is, one of the most incredible leaders I have ever met in my entire life. He is currently the president of High Point University, but he's an entrepreneur through and through. Incredible keynote speaker, did it for years, was on the board of BB&T Bank. He uh, was uh, on the board of Lazy Boy for years, the chairman of Great Harvest Bread Company. And he said to me, you know, Nick, I believe a good life is a life lived in thirds, one-third earning, one-third learning, one-third serving. And I've sort of always tried to live that way myself. I think my parents, again, were a good example of that. I've hung out with people who are a good example of that. But he said it much more eloquently than me. And with his Lebanese-American accent, he smokes me the way he says it anyway. But um, I just think it's a great way to live. Look, um, when I think we all find this, when we get too myopic on one thing in our life, it rarely leads to success, right? And But balance in life is difficult. But if you if you live that way, like I don't think I spend literally – I mean, I'm not disciplined enough to track my time, but I don't think I literally spend one third of my time doing each of those things. But like, for instance, during the pandemic, when, you know, we had documentaries we were supposed to be making, we had clients we're supposed to be doing stuff with, and, you know, the whole world was shut down, right? And so all of a sudden, this thing that there's no way that could ever happen was a reality. And all of a sudden, all of us were left going like, what do we do now? And I think, you know, probably the best example I can give you of how that rule works is when I knew nothing about what was going to happen next. I mean, I didn't know who was going to die next. I didn't, I mean, I'm an optimist, so I figured it would be fine, but I didn't know what was going to happen next, when the next paycheck was going to come in, if everyone's going to cancel everything, when I can get on a plane, when I can finish a movie, like we all were just sort of stuck. And so I just focused on, you know what, if I can spend, you know, a little bit of my time every day, you know, earning. So like, what does the future of my earning look like? Like exploring that and collecting what I can and doing whatever deals I could. I ended up starting a podcast service during the pandemic and we produced hundreds of podcasts for people. So that was one outcome of that. What can I learn about if I'm, you know, I genuinely thought because I'm, I know it's going to come to shock to everybody, but I'm very ADHD. Um, and so I thought, honestly, up until a couple of years ago, I thought I hated learning because I, the way learning was presented to me, it's like, this is how you learn. You sit in a chair for eight hours and we yell at you if you move or rock in your <laughs> chair or stand up or talk too yeah. much or whatever. But I realized recently, like, all I do all day, every day is learn. Like I, and I learn from the most amazing people in the world, whether you know their names or not, right. I don't ever get delivered somebody for a documentary because they really suck. I always get delivered something like, Oh, you got to talk to this person because they're the most incredible ever at what they do. Yeah. And so learning for me, I found again, during the pandemic, when things change, like I, I still do. I run pretty much five miles a day and I listen to audiobooks if I'm not running with a friend and I, I need to do some more reading, but I, I sort of shirked it in many years, but I'm getting better at it. But like when you're learning and for me, I love listening to biographies and autobiographies because you hear about someone's life, you hear how they dealt with something and it gives you a bit more in your tool chest of maybe what to do or what not to do. And for me, it's funny. I was running this morning, just thinking about, I'm, I'm listening to Dave Grohl from Nirvana and, oh, uh, favorite yeah. oh my yeah. gosh okay yeah. now we're uh, like oh i'm listening to his autobiography right now and it's amazing how really like his successes and his failures are really no more than a page in the book and it's really fascinating to me like like through that process of discovering through his eyes like I have discoveries of my own and I get inspired and like it doesn't matter what's going great or bad in my business or whatever i'm like Oh man, this is inspiring. Like today is just one page in the book. Let's go. And so, so learning to me, like constantly learning, um, is how you get better. And so, and it's how you get, it's how you stay inspired. I am, 
I'm convinced of that. The earning doesn't inspire you. The learning does. And then serving uh, absolutely inspired. I tell everybody, if you don't know what to do next in life, at any point, just stop right where you're at and serve people. Like, And again, during the pandemic, some people think, like I've been all across the world doing different, you know, building houses for people and feeding centers. But like, you don't have to do that. Like during the pandemic, the first thing was like, oh, wait, my parents have never had a Zoom before. And we should probably keep them safe. So let me teach them how to Zoom so they can Zoom with me and my brother who lives, you know, in Oregon. And like, so like that's also serving. So to me, it's just a really great framework of like taking stock and and having, for, at least for me, like having my life um, in some sort of balance and keep me inspired while doing what I need to do also. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the hardest thing for you to take time to do in a day? I know for me, it's anything related to self-care, yet I know it's something I need to do the most. Taking that time to work on my mental health is so important, and that's why I know so many years ago that therapy was one of the best decisions of my life. It's truly been a game changer for me. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I seriously encourage you to try BetterHelp. It's it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible. And it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a therapist that's perfect for you. And you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Just visit betterhelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash negotiate yeah no i love that i love that so and okay now you already brought up dave Grohl and the food fighters so you're like officially my favorite guest ever so, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um all right so i mean i i didn't even have time to go through like all the different documentaries that you've made you, you know i don't even know how you've had time in your short life 
to do all the things that you have done and still have a family and you have, I think, three kids, something like three that. Three kids, yeah. 18, and 15, and 11. Two boys 18, and a girl. Yeah. 18, 15, and 11. And you've made all these different documentaries about all these incredible people. Mm-hmm. And you have this like celebrity branding agency. You've helped thousands and thousands of people through that. And I, th- I think 3,000 uh, they just told me it's over four thousand now, but I, I have super, I have super simple answers to this if you want to break it down because it, I think maybe it will help people. Like from me coming up in the music business and learning as a kid, like and bumping, like we all do, bumping my head at different places. I was forced to become and and I, when I had ideas as a kid or as an adult, like I had this conversation with someone who works for me the other day. I said, "You have great ideas." Just the thing you have to realize, the, the biggest difference between me and you is I've had to monetize my ideas. You haven't. And so I want you to learn how to do that. But just understand that the reason why I have a gut for these things is like I spent my entire life having to monetize my ideas or I'm screwed. Like there was no there was no backup plan. Right. And so and still the case. And so like for me, I became very self-aware. Um, I was interviewing actually a World Series of Poker champion Daniel Negreanu a few years back. And those of you who are poker fans will probably know who he is pretty colorful poker player and daniel has a great story he dropped out of high school to play poker now imagine that conversation with your parents like i'm going to drop out of high school to play poker professionally and that was even before it was like really televised and all this stuff so i said daniel what do you think is the most important skill to be great at poker and he, he thought about it for like five or ten seconds like you know he's thoughtful about it. you know nick i think it's probably self-awareness i go you know Daniel, I would maybe guess maybe that's the most important skill in everything in life. He goes, hey, you're probably right. You know, but so I had to become very self-aware about what what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. For instance, if I if I I would due to my ADHD and my I can only focus on something for a short amount of time. I can hyper focus, but then I'm done. So like most of my law school exam, I would study in 10 to 20 minute increments. For not that long. My wife, I was married after my first semester of law school. Friends would come over to study. She had like taken at the time, phones didn't do that much. We didn't have iPhones yet, but she'd take my laptop, which is like, they're here to study with you. I'm like, yeah, I studied for 20 minutes. Now I need a break. But like, if I was in school, I'd take a test. I took my first law school exam in 37 minutes. We had three and a half hours to do it. I used to finish math tests in like 10 or 15 minutes. Like I know what I know. And I got to, if, if I go back and check my work, I'm probably going to screw it up. But, but by the way, there, there's great, I figured out what some of my strengths were, but I had a lot of weaknesses. And so as I got deeper into music and other things, I realized like, okay, so I can play guitar pretty well. I can hold my own singing, but like no one's probably going to pay me pay to come to an arena for me to sing to them. So like I should probably find people who are really good at that. I started managing bit. Like I just started realizing what, where my skill set lay and then what i needed to do to build a team around me that would was better than me and so now like to the developed side of that there's like a couple of rules i have number one about 10 years ago my wife reminded me that she didn't sign up to do this alone and so and i wasn't traveling that much but it was i was getting more in demand as a speaker you know as a filmmaker all these things and so we decided together that I wouldn't travel more than seven nights a month. And if I missed dinner, that's half a night. 
And so it was a way that I could manage. It was a way that I had to make the best decisions. It forced me to make great decisions. Like, do you want to fly to this thing because it sounds like fun? Or do you want to fly to this thing because you should really be there and it's going to help bring in revenue for the business or whatever. And so that like putting guardrails on for me that we agreed on together is super helpful. I've had to break it here and there, but we have a conversation and certainly COVID threw things into a, you know, whatever for a while. But so it's that. And then also through studying with actually Dan Sullivan, I mentioned already, Dan has this concept of unique ability and unique ability is a really cool entrepreneurial concept that if, if you woke up every day for the rest of your life and only could do one thing, but not only could you only do that one thing, you never wanted to stop doing that thing. Like you would never want to retire from that thing. You would just want to do more of it and you'd provide more value to the world and you'd be more fulfilled every day. Like, what is that thing? And that's like a, it's a really intense thing to think about. Like, Oh, one thing that's like, if I could only listen to one song the rest of my life, would like, Oh my God. But the only way to do it is to start taking away some of these things that, you know, you don't like doing the things that you know, you hate. And so over time coaching with Dan, I figured out my unique ability, which will sort of help inform that entire question. And, and my productivity is number one, there's guardrails. Number two, there's, there's self-awareness. Number three, all I do, I mean, 95% and it's, it's a journey, right? Trying to get better at it. 95% of what I do professionally. And I would say personally too, by the way, is having meaningful conversations that lead to produced outcomes. That's like literally, that's it. So if I'm going to make a documentary, the very first thing, like we had a, a, a planning call with a group we're doing a documentary down in Bolivia on this woman who was rescued from, you know, a human trafficking situation. And, you know, I've done a lot of work in that space, but like we had a call about it with my writer and my writer is going to write it. I'm not going to write it. If you asked me, instead of coming on your podcast, you said, Hey, would you write a special report or a book for my audience? Well, did you know that Americans spend more than 90% of their time indoors and that in some cases, indoor air can actually be more polluted than outdoor air and that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every year. Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. We are so happy to introduce an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Dr. Phil filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor is amazing and it comes with no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctor.com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to AIR. D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com and use the promo code your best life. I'd have to believe it was a valuable idea that it would be worth the time. But if I was going to do it, I would have a meaningful conversation with a ghostwriter and they would produce the outcome I want. So whether I'm having meaningful conversations on Zoom, whether they're planning meetings, whether they're meetings for my agency, whether they are in front of the camera as a host on my Amazon show or in my podcast, whether it's behind the camera in my documentaries, that's all I do. So I literally stay out of the way. I don't, I couldn't tell you, I don't want to tell you how to edit a documentary. I couldn't, wouldn't want to tell you how to color a documentary, how to pick, like I just stay in my lane and I'm really fulfilled by it. And then I use another principle that I learned, um, 
from a book called The Bezos Letters. It's it's um, a friend of mine, uh, Steve Anderson, dissected, I think, the first 27 years, I think, of Jeff Bezos' le- um, shareholder letters into principles. And um, and it, it came out to like 13 principles, something like that, that he runs a business by. And one of them is never hire someone you don't admire. And it's one of the best piece of advice ever. Like, even if you like, think about the job you hate the most. Like, I don't know. I I can't stand accounting. Like I could care less about how the numbers line up. I just don't do what I want to do. But there are people who wake up every day who can't wait to balance the books and they go to bed at night. They literally, these people exist. Like, so why would I try to do that? So there are people in every area of my business and my crew and my team. I just, admire them so much because I cannot do what they can do. So I never had this problem with control, like trying to control everything. I just realized from the time I started making records on a four track in my bedroom at, you know, 13, 14, 15, I found out how hard things were that you're not really, really good at. And as I bumped my head along the way in music and I found my path in music, which is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's because I learned from filmmaking and from music, like, Oh, how about I just bring to the table what I bring to the table? Don't try to be anything else. And funny enough, even in an industry like music, my skill set, my buddies who have countless number one billboard hits, they love doing projects with me because no one else is out there trying to string together Rudy's life story or Larry King's life story and say, hey, you want to be a part of this? They're like, hell yes, I want to be part of That's awesome. So like we all play this part in our own lives, but we get so self-conscious about it. Um, I always try to instill in my kids, I want you to do one thing. I always want you to be self-aware, but I never want you to be self-conscious. And it's really interesting. It's like a dividing line between that, you know, that, that skill that you don't want to cross over into the dark side. There's sort of a, a shadow side and a light side. And so anyway, those are a couple of the rules I live by that I think have helped me to reach some of that success. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zong. For the people out there who are dealing with difficult people, who are dealing with a narcissist in their life, or dealing with somebody who's like super toxic, what can you... What advice can you give to them as far as like, how were you able to persuade people, you know? Yeah, run it, run is the first piece of advice I give you. But, you know, I I think honestly, if I really look at that, um, I do, I have one of my rules is a no a-hole rule. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging, like a narcissist or other high-conflict personality, and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Are you so ready to shut down that narcissist for good? I totally get it. And my brand new book is now available for pre-sale. Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. If you pre-order the book, you get tons of free gifts, including early access to the manuscript, early access to my private launch team. You get my free masterclass and a whole 
complete workbook. The total value of the free gifts is close to $400. So you just go to slaythebully.com to pre-order the book and then claim all your powerful trainings, your mindset tools, everything for free just by pre-ordering the book. Slaythebully.com to find out more and start learning how to shut down that narcissist for good. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take 20,000 breaths a day. And according to the EPA, indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to 100 times more polluted. And data shows that air pollution is responsible for up to 7 million premature deaths globally. I know for myself, my family has struggled with asthma, and so clean air is so important to us, and that's why having a good air purifier is so important to us. So what's the solution introducing an air purifier that has captured the attention of media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more, which is Air Doctor, which filters out 99% of air contaminants such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, and all sorts of things. And it even features a whisper jet fan, which is quieter than all sorts of air purifiers. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code your best life. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off exclusive to podcast customers. You will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code your best life. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Forget the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make everything easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. And that's why I love their fresh ingredients, their chef-crafted recipes, and you'll love the the delivery right to your doorstep. Everything is farm fresh. Everything comes right pre-packaged to your doorstep. No hassle, no wasted food, and no boredom. You get 45 different recipes to choose from weekly, and you can even add on your market items. They choose you can, whatever lifestyle you have, keto, whatever it is, you can choose from all of that as well. And what I love is that when it's time for dinner, you just go right to the refrigerator, you can pull it out. And if your spouse likes something different than you like, you can just choose whatever they like, and then you can choose whatever you love. And that's what the, the really great thing is. And especially if you're both working, it's super easy super convenient and really, really healthy. So go to hellofresh.com slash negotiate free and use the code negotiate free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash negotiate free with the code negotiate free.
America's number one meal kit. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. What happened to the person who said, I was the most important person, the most amazing, incredible person on the planet? Where did that person go? And so you spend all your time searching, 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 desperate for getting that person back. I know they're in there somewhere. Where? Where are they? And now we return to today's show. For sure, which obviously you've reached a lot of success in a lot of different areas. And being self-aware is an amazing skill, which a lot of people don't have, especially narcissists, obviously. But... One of the themes that I noticed in going through and really studying you and really studying your life and and learning about you is obviously you've been able to open a lot of doors, especially with really, really influential people and getting them to do things. I mean, you've been able to you know, in uh, interview and and share the stage with some of the most incredible people and in and really kind of a, a relatively young age. you're still in your forties now. I think, right? Yeah, 43. Yeah. 40, you're 43 years old, which is still pretty young. You've 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 been uh, nominated for 40 something Emmys, right? Am I correct yeah. in that? And yeah, you've 43, won 43, I think. I 43 yeah. Emmy, 43 years old and 43 Emmys that, that you've been nominated for, and you've won 22, I think. Am, am I yeah, correct in that? Yeah. So far, yeah, that's a count. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, that's that's hats off to you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And you served 4,000 people in your branding agency and, you know, on and on and on. So only 43 years old. That's incredible. So you've opened a lot of doors and you've you've you've, um, you know, either interviewed or shared the stage or 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 done documentaries on some of the most incredible people in the world. So how? you been able to persuade these people? How have you had gotten these doors open? I mean, you've obviously had to have difficult conversations. You know, I mean, you've probably had doors slammed in your face. You've probably had people like hang up on you or just said no, or just ghosted you completely, you know, uh, or just said, who the hell are you? Uh, you know, right. I've so- had a lot of that. I've been insulted. I've there's been many, many things. Um, you know, I think I probably, I'm going to try to give an answer that's not not just an aw shucks because that won't help anybody. Um, but like, you know, I think a couple things. Um, I think people, the people who I work with, um, for whatever reason, can pick up on the fact that I'm genuinely interested in helping them. Like, I'm genuinely interested in in working with them and serving them well. Like, you know, I just recently did uh, Dick Vitale. Okay, but so I'm going to stop you there because yeah. that most people in those positions would be like, even though you're interested, they'd be like, what are you going to do for me? Right? Yep. So if you don't have the platform, if you don't have the, you know, it, it, I want to know, like, How do you, you know, so for the people out there who are dealing with difficult people, who are dealing with a narcissist in their life or dealing with somebody who's like super toxic, what can you, what advice can you give to them as far as like, how 
were you able to persuade people, you know? Yeah, run it, run is the first piece of advice I give you. But you yeah, know, like, I know. I I think honestly, if I really look at that, um, I do. I have one of my rules is a no a hole rule. I just won't <laughs> put up with it, and I genuinely think that that served me really well. And I probably learned that in music. Like I just, I think I've learned that if if I'm if I. Like if I know who I am and I want to help and I want to help you, if you don't want my help, like we shouldn't, why would I do this? Now, there have been times when it like with Dick Vitale, it took me like a year or two to get the deal done. I'm doing a big deal right now that, you know, I had to show up a few times and, and prove the fact that I wasn't just here to take. Cause you know, look, people who are at the top of their game, let's just like supply and demand is really the issue for the most part. It's like, you know, I don't care how much you want to help. I don't know, Taylor Swift right now. Like she's on a world tour. She's going from city to city. She's trying to live some semblance of whatever a normal life is for her while she can't even go out in public. Like, so like, what would I, what would I possibly have to offer her that would make it even her want to stop and talk to me? Like I approach things from that point of view. Like I always, I approach things from, I mean, our friend Chris, like an empathetic point of view, like what, like what, why would this person even engage with me? Like, what can I bring to the table? What, or how should I engage with this person? Like I'm doing a thing coming up. There's a, a particular person at um, this, I'm filming a documentary on a, a veterans organization this weekend. They've got a big golf tournament. They've got a ton of celebrities there. And there's a guy there who I would love to tell a story. He's absolutely blown up. It's seemingly out of nowhere recently, but I've watched it. And he's like one of the biggest stars right now. And I, I was thinking like, if I get the shot, like what would I say to him to try to get him to engage with me for like between golf holes? Like if I see him like to get him to, we have a, mutual, a couple of mutual friends, but to get him to engage with me, like, you know, that dude, that was interesting. What that dude just said to me was insightful. Like I would, I'd be willing to have that conversation. I, you know, I had a conversation um, with uh, with Elizabeth Smart at the event you and I were at the when Randy Garner hosted our thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Elizabeth obviously has a crazy story of being abducted and abused, and and I just said to her, I said, "Man, your story is obviously fascinating, and I know I know the world has taken so much from you. Like, if there's a, like, I don't know if you need anything, but if you need anything at all on the storytelling side, you know, just give me a call." And so she may or may not ever give me a call, and that's okay. But I literally just try to like leave her with a moment of like, hey, I'm not someone who's here to take from you. I'm here to add if I can be helpful. And if I can't, no worries. And genuinely, that tends to tends to bring the right people into my world. When I do, obviously, some, some of the right people come along with the wrong type of people. And sometimes right people under stress can become difficult people and other things like that. Um, man, the way I always try to diffuse situations in those sort of situations and to proceed is like, hey, you know, first of all, I don't like you, something's changed or like, like something's going on with you. You know, is it something I've done or can I help? Like, like I had a friend tell me a long time ago, like if you tell someone your big dream and then the first thing out of their mouth is how can I help? Isn't that, then you should probably not share your dreams with that person anymore. They can be your friend maybe, but don't share your dreams. So I try to approach it from just, I think a very, I don't guess an empathetic point of view, like what Wow, like if you're if you're responding this way, what are you what are you dealing with? Like what's going on? Um, and so uh, you know, and then I always try to I always try to get people, I always try to make people happy. Um, sometimes you can't, but it's like, you know, when I get when it gets to the point when I've got to get it done because we've contracted with a network or whoever and someone's holding me up, I'm like, 
All right, well, here's where we're at. Here's what I'm going to, here's what I have to do. So help me help you. If you like, typically I have the control and the agreement to do what I want to do, but I've been a good, I still want to be a good partner to you. Maybe you'll walk away from this saying I wasn't, but in order for me to be a good partner to you, knowing we have to deliver and finish this by this time, what, what, what would make you the happiest? Like how, what would be, and let me see what I can do. And again, I think that's sort of that leadership conversation I was talking about with my parents. Like they would have open and hard conversations when sometimes there's no great answer, but at least we're communicating about it so that you don't give room for all these monsters to get in people's heads. Like, Oh, Nick's not calling me. He must be trying to screw me like that. Last, Like a lot of times it's just, it's baggage they bring from beforehand. And when you show up and have the hard conversations, I found that most people are like sort of blown away that you're willing, like, cause most other people ghost them or do whatever else. I'm like, all right. And then I'll send you, I'll send the, now the no oriented email, like the Chris Voss thing, like, Hey, you know, um, are, are, are we done with this? Like, you know, or did you, and, and people typically you get the answer you want, either they ghost you and you never hear from them again, you get the answer that you needed or you get, a, Oh no, no, sorry, man. I was so busy. Or my, you know, unfortunately my mother just passed away and I've been really busy or whatever, but I've just found just trying, honestly, for me, it's always been, open and honest communication. I think I've got a really good BS meter too. Like I can pretty well tell someone's intentions, I think really quickly. And I've, I have other than like a sociopath or the best narcissist, like which you can't read them because they're too good at it. But other than there's not that many of those people that I've ended up having to deal with, thankfully. So you know, op- open and honest communication has got me where I need to be and making making tough decisions for the the good of what we agreed to, to begin with. I always try to be very clear with people what we're getting into. So I can always point back to it. Like, Hey, if I didn't tell you this, you could be mad at me, but I told you. So like, we're, here's what we're, I'm still marching forward here. How, how would it make you happier if I were to mark, you know, what would make you happier as I do this? Because I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so you've heard my Angelou's, um, saying, you know, when people show you who you, who they are, believe them the first time, right? <laughs> Have you lived by that principle? Yeah, um, I've tried to, but I also try to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, the thing I'm learning right now, actually, which is really fascinating. So um, something my pastor said in my church, my faith drives a lot of what I do and how I do it too, right? Um, which is, you know, there's a lot in there. But in any event, um, he made, he quoted somebody else. I don't know who it was, but it's a brilliant quote. He said, you're never more dangerous than when you're right. And you know it. And so like when someone really screws you over and you know, you're right. And you know, that someone lied to you and you're like, that is when you are dangerous because you like, you want vengeance. You want like, and you know, oh, I'm going to crush them. But I've really found the more I've, I've tried to manage myself in those situations or in other hard situations is that I've really found that, um, most people have never been taught the things that I've been taught for some reason. Like a lot of people never were, never learned how to be a good leader. A lot of people never thought, never taught how to look at a situation from multiple angles. Multiple people were never taught how to brainstorm through a difficult thing and try to find a win-win. Like I've just now come to the point, like, let me, let me, before I write you off, let me, let me ask you the hard questions to, to figure out, like, could I serve you better? Like, Hey, you know, I had a, a hard conversation with, um, 
how do I not give way to this person? Someone in, in, in my life through my kid's school that I, I didn't particularly respect the way they were handling things, but I wasn't going to get rid of them. Like they're, you know, I just was not, that wasn't going to happen. Like, so I decided, you know what, I'm gonna do the hard thing and sit down with them and just say, Hey, um, can we talk? Cause I'd love, I don't think your, I don't think your motivation is to make people's lives difficult, but I'm not sure that you know how, what you're doing is coming across and, you know, maybe I could help you. Um, and let's talk, like, it seems like you're having challenges right now with it. So like, why don't you share those with me? And maybe I, I've never been in your position, but I have had the blessing of like learning from at least 50 of the best experts in the world, if not more. So I might have a perspective that might be helpful to you. And it turns out, you know, the person like, opened up about like how much they were struggling with not knowing what to do next because they weren't really getting much good leadership from above. And like, like, so I, it really, it really reinforced the fact like, man, before I, before I assume somebody's who I think they are, let me ask a few more questions to make sure that they just aren't lost because sadly so many people are, and you just don't know it. Wow. That is so powerful that you did that. It was tough. The easier thing was just to complain and complain and complain to everybody because everyone else complained. I was like, you know, this, let me, this is going to be, and I had to, I prayed a lot about what I was going to say because I knew I was right in a lot of ways because of experiences I had personally witnessed and other things. But I just, you know, at the end of the day, honestly, it was 50% desperation, 50% inspiration. Like I knew that if I couldn't get through, this is going to be a much, and, and, you know, Hey, we'll see how the, how the, adaptation happens and if it happens or if it was just lip service, but at least I gave them the opportunity to try to, and I, and, you know, I tried to understand them a little bit better because we all, we all pass judgment on everybody all the time. Like part of the reason we're still alive, like we know not to go down that dark alley or not to walk on that, like whatever, like we, our body tells us things, but you know, I've just found a lot of people, even in really high up positions, you would think that someone in order to get to that position would have had to have learned about, these basics that you know about and they don't like more than more than 50% of the time they're cool. And they're like, so thankful for somebody being willing to help them. And their behavior is just a, a fight or flight mechanism is what I found. And, and what happened after that? Do you, you, so that was about a month ago. So we'll see, we'll see. So they reached back out and said, Hey, I'm working through some of the things we discussed. I got some ideas. Would you be willing to meet with me again? I said, of course, I, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to meet with anyone as long as I can make it work on my family and shoot schedule. I'll always carve out time for anybody who wants help. You know, if someone comes to me thinking, um, thinking that I owe them something, it's a very different reception. But if someone's like, Hey, I have an idea. I would really love your help or your, your advice. Your wisdom. I'm like, yeah, I can find time. I'm my not, not every second of every day is busy. You just got to schedule it when it works for me. It might be three weeks from now. It might be tomorrow at two 30. I might have a hole, but I'll walk through it with you. As long as I'm having a meaningful conversation that will hopefully lead to the produced outcome you desire. But that's like, that's what I'm going to do. One of the things I've now started doing, like people ask me, I'm sure like you all the time to be, once you reach a certain level of success, to be on this board, to do this thing, to do this thing. Like my first, I learned the hard way because I want to help. My first conversation now is like, Hey, um, let's have a conversation first because there's what I actually do and what you think I do. And let's just make sure that what I actually do is what you need. Because what I actually don't do is be willing to show up once a quarter at the same time on the same date for a luncheon for 90 minutes with five other board members. Like my schedule doesn't allow that. But if you want my assistance or my advice, we can book it in on my schedule. No problem. But that's been a really helpful conversation too of like, 
it's really funny what people, I mean, you could say it as a lawyer. Look, I went to law school. I'd never spent literally one second of my life in a lawyer's office. I didn't even know what lawyers did. And I bet you most people are the same way when they go to study finance or nursing, or they probably never spend a day in a doctor's office or in a, like whatever. And so I think it's really helpful to, if we just approach things that way and say, you know what, before we begin, let's discuss what you think I do and what I actually do. And I found it to be super helpful. Oh yeah. Well, the thing that people want me to do nowadays is, uh, teach them how to grow their YouTube channel. And, yeah. and, you know, that that's become the whole thing for me. I like to the point that I feel like I should develop a course on it and like, just point them to that at this point, but that's another whole thing. Probably you probably should, <laughs> but, but that's not what I do, you know, for a living. So, you know, I get um, it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is so, so helpful. I mean, you know, I really feel like the theme of your life has really been how to persuade anyone to do anything, even though that's not what you really do. But that is really sort of the theme of your life in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I mean, since you were in high school, probably. Yeah, I mean, yes, I have had to. Look, I'm sure we've all had to persuade a lot of people a lot of things, but in order for, you know, I definitely had dreams and visions and goals of what I wanted to accomplish, as well as things I did not want to be beholden to. And so I found how to be persuasive and to convince people. You know, um, look, you learn the hard way too. Like you learn like one side of that's manipulative if you let it become that. And one side of that is is serving. And so how do you keep yourself honest so that if I'm going to convince you of something, it's for both of our own good, um, you know, and, and that's, that's just to me. And again, I've had great examples in my life. This is being a good leader. Like oh, even if it's not yes. a decision you like, like this is, I think this is best for us. Like as a boss, sometimes you got to let people go. Sometimes, like I, I realize it's going to be emotional, but I, I, I want to treat you with dignity and me too. And I really think this is for the best. And I really hope that, you know, when the emotion wears off, like a year or two from now, you'll be like, man, I had a great experience with Nick and I would, he's still, I still count him a friend, you know? So if you approach life that way, it seems to work. And then you do have some toxic people that you just have to just pretend they don't exist. That's a beautiful way to end it. And and honestly, the reason why you are successful is because it is all built on integrity and without integrity, nothing works. And, And that is why you are so, so, so successful. And why it will continue to grow and and be amazing. So well, and, you. and and you know one of the things I didn't even have time to touch on is the fact that you 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 only really do things that you're super passionate about and and you you haven't um, compromised your integrity and you know in in really d- diving in and and looking at all the things that you've done you you've you don't compromise your integrity you you really only do the things you're passionate about you only do the things that you want to do and. I haven't. Even, I didn't even get a chance to like dive into your four C's and all of that because we didn't have time for all that. But, <laughs> but, um, but you know, go follow Nick and check out all his stuff. It's really, really amazing. He is such a brilliant and uh, fascinating guy. So, where can people find out more about you, what you do, and and all your stuff? Well, thank you so much. It's honored to be on your show. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me at Nick Nanton. If you spell my name right, you can find me pretty much everywhere online, socials and everything else, uh, nicknanton.com. And uh, if I can be of help, reach out. 
All right. Thank you. Uh, so go follow him and check out all his stuff and I'll have everything in the show notes for you. And really, really a pleasure to talk with you. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.